Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mountains of Magic podcast, your place for Walt Disney World planning tips and tricks. And we got episode 102 coming for you today. Tips for staying off property at Walt Disney World. Friday, my friends. I hope the week has treated you well. Um, and this is an episode that I've had on my radar for a while, but to be honest, it's not something that I've really done much of. Um, so I have been doing lots of research, helping a few clients who are staying off property um, in the near future. So I feel like I have a bit of a better backing to kind of share some different options with you all and really how to approach the parks if you are going to stay off property. Some logistical things that you'll want to make sure you're aware of, some timing issues you want to make sure you're aware of, but just ways that you can still have have a great day in the parks, kind of knowing what you're up against. So let's get started. First off, there are a ton of quote unquote off property hotels that are really just not Disney owned. And so those fall under the category of good neighbor. Um, I guess you don't call those off property, but those are right for the most part around the Disney Springs area. There are lots of different options that, again, aren't owned by Disney, but Disney has a relationship with where you still get some perks. And many of these hotels, you can actually still book through the Disney website. So if you're doing it yourself, if you're using a travel advisor, um, we can go in and still actually book packages for you with these good neighbor hotels. So that's a great perk because when you're buying your stuff directly through Disney, when you're working with that package, it can just help with sort of linking everything up. Um, your tickets, not your hotel stay per se, but your tickets will still kind of fall under the Disney cancellation policy and your deposit and final payment, all of that will still kind of fall under that Disney umbrella. So that's really nice um, to be able just to still book through them, even if you're not staying at a Disney property. Now, if you are staying, you know, at an Airbnb or somewhere else in Orlando that isn't in the Disney bubble per se, um, then you're not going to be able to book it through Disney. You'll take care of your lodging accommodation accommodations, and then you can just go in and buy your park tickets. As long as you have a My Disney Experience account, which you can just create one, you'll be able to link that reservation, link your tickets there um, so that everything shows nicely. And that's definitely something you want to make sure you do. So much of Disney is run digital now. Things with the app, you want to make sure your tickets are showing up there so you can just get kind of the most bang for your buck or most out of your time while you're at the parks. So that's sort of my first tip for you. Decide what you're going to do. If it's something on property, go ahead and just book it through Disney. I mean, you can... You can price match, you can do, you know, different things for sure. But I'm telling you the $200 deposit and that flexibility of making changes or cancellations up to that 30 day mark before is just such a nice perk and such a nice peace of mind that might outweigh you saving a couple extra dollars on Expedia, whatever. Um, and so big reason people book off site can be for that 
cost effectiveness, save some money, or a lot of times you can get more space offsite. If you've got a party of six, you know, at Disney, you're looking at a suite or at some of these resorts, you know, villas and one and two bedroom, you know, specialty things. Whereas if you're at an good neighbor hotel, you can find, you know, rooms that sleep a larger number of guests um, and kind of save you some money. So that's just something to think about based on your travel party. All right, let's get into tip number two. And that is as we're prepping, we're getting ready for the trip. With Disney, stuff really starts happening about 60 days out. So we talk a lot about food on this podcast. I share a lot of tips with like dining, making your reservations. But here's something to note. If I am, if I just live in Orlando, okay, if I am driving, flying down for a day from Tennessee, whatever, anybody can make a dining reservation 60 days out from the current day it is. So whatever day it is today, add 60 days to that. Anybody anywhere in the world can go and make a Disney dining reservation, okay? It's not going to read in that you have a hotel stay, that you have a park ticket. It will let you make that reservation. The perk of staying in a Disney hotel is that if I have a week-long vacation, 60 days out from my check-in day, I get to make that any reservations for the first day, but also the entire length of the trip up to 10 days. So that's a huge perk because if you make a reservation for the last night of your trip, you're you pretty much have cream of the crop picking like you're 10 days ahead of anybody else unless they have a Disney reservation that extends out to that date as well. If you are staying in a good neighbor hotel, (laughs) good neighbor hotel, you don't get that perk. You have to go in and make your reservation 60 days out for every single day. Now, I recently had to call in, ask Disney some questions about this, and I was told the only real good neighbor hotels that kind of get over that hump are the Swan and Dolphin and Swan Reserve. Those are Marriott-owned hotels, like right by Epcot, literally like walking distance, super close. And I also believe the Four Seasons, Those are the four where you're still going to get that 60 days from beginning of trip extension for dining reservations. But if you're staying at, you know, a Disney Springs Hotel, Waldorf Astoria, Drury Plaza, something like that, um, you're going to have to get up early every 60 days. Now, I will let you know about a little tip because I did recently have to do this for a client. Um, Dining reservations are supposed to go live at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So every morning you get up at 6, you make the dining reservation. In this case, with my client, um, I also had to be up at midnight Eastern time doing some um, magical extra reservations. I was able to get some dining for her that shouldn't have opened until 6 a.m., That could have been a total one-time fluke for me. That could have had something to do with that she was good neighbor and maybe it was opening early. I don't really know. All I'm saying is that it might be worth a try to try at midnight if you've got something you really, really want. Still 60 days out from the day, um, but that was an experience I had. Don't come at me. I'm, you know, whatever I need to hold up and say, but, 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 asterisk. Um, 
that was just my experience that happened recently. Okay, next tip, let's talk transportation. If you are planning to not stay at a Disney-owned property, please make sure you have done research about your transportation options. And this is a really big caveat that I throw out to people when they're coming at, I need to stay in not a Disney-owned hotel because those are too expensive. I want to save money. You can absolutely save money on your room. But if you are driving to the parks every day, you have to pay for parking, which is $25 a day more if you're doing preferred valet parking. Whereas someone staying in a Disney-owned hotel, if they choose to drive, it's free for them to park. They also have free transportation options. So if you're staying in a Disney hotel, you don't have to worry about transportation. There'll be a bus, a monorail, a boat, a Skyliner. Something will get you to those parks for free. But if you're staying at a Disney Springs hotel or somewhere off-site, you want to consider that. Now, most of the Disney Springs hotels are going to have some type of shuttle service. It may be complimentary. It may not be. You'll want to look into that. But they'll probably have a way to get you there. Whereas Disney buses at Disney hotels just run constantly. I mean, just all throughout the day, they're moving people back and forth. These shuttles might be, you know, on the hour, on the half hour, depending on where you're going. You're going to want to keep up with your time so you can get where you need to go. Now, we're in Orlando. There are Ubers and Lyfts galore. If you want something Disney-owned, you can even pay and order up a minivan, which is super cute red little vans with polka dots on them. They look like Minnie Mouse. So you can get where you want to go, but that may be a cost that you weren't thinking about that you want to factor in. Okay, so if your hotel room, you know, is $50 a night cheaper than staying at, you know, an all-star resort, that's great. But if you have to pay $25 for parking or if you're having to pay for an Uber to get you back and forth, then those costs can really add up to making it not so much of a great value. So make sure whatever you book, like I said, there's free options out there at some of the Disney Springs hotels. I know there are, but make sure you've got those ducks in a row. You know how you're getting to the parks and if that's going to be an extra cost you need to factor in. All right, friends, taking a quick little break to grab a drink of water and remind you, if you're enjoying the podcast, please take a second, hit pause, make yourself a note to do it when you're done listening, leave a review, leave a rating. They help others find the podcast. And I would be so, so appreciative if you just took a second to let me know you're liking what I'm sharing and leave that five-star review or written rating wherever you are listening. All right, thanks. Okay, now let's get into one other piece of transportation. So this is tip three, like part B. Um, Make sure you're aware at Magic Kingdom, especially if you are driving yourself, if you're doing a ride share, um, possibly even if you're shuttling from a nearby hotel, more than likely you are going to get dropped off at the transportation and ticket center. So with Magic Kingdom, the parking lot is not right outside the gates. This is where the monorail comes in. You actually park and you have to ride a monorail across the lake. And then you get to the gates. Now, 
I love the monorail. This is fun. This is like the first ride of the trip for me. I'm all about it. But that is an extra bit of time. You also can ride the ferry boat if the monorail isn't your thing. But that's just something you want to factor in. If you're on a Disney bus from a Disney hotel, they drop you off right at the gate. So that's a perk. But just know that if you're driving, if you're taking other transportation, you're more than likely going to be dropped off at the TTC. So factor that into your time. Okay, tip number four. Now we're going to talk about in the parks real time. So a couple things you want to note with Genie Plus, it doesn't matter where you're staying. If you're in the state of Florida, if you have purchased Genie Plus for the day, which is before 7 a.m. between midnight when it flips over to that new day and 7 a.m., you're going to purchase it in the morning. You can make your first Lightning Lane selection right at 7 a.m. Doesn't matter if you're staying in a Disney hotel or not. Everybody can pick that first selection right at that time. Okay. If you want to grab a virtual queue for Tron in Magic Kingdom or Guardians of the Galaxy in Epcot, you can also do that right at 7 a.m. Doesn't matter where you're staying. I would suggest the virtual queue first, then your Genie Plus selection, or have two people kind of tag teaming to get both for you at the same time. Um, But doesn't matter where, you can make both of those things happen right at 7 a.m. as long as you have that park reservation. Um, If it's 2024 after January 9th, you don't need the park reservation. You just need that park ticket in your app. You're good to go. Here's where it differs. If you want to purchase an individual lightning lane, which remember these get you one ride on basically the most popular ride in each theme park. And so if you want to purchase a ride on Seven Doors Mine Train, if you want to purchase a ride on Flight of Passage, you cannot do this at 7 a.m. like a Disney hotel guest can. You will be able to do this at park opening time. You don't have to be in the park to do it, but it's not going to be available to you till park opening. So here's where you kind of run into an issue with this. Um, I'll use Rise of the Resistance over at Hollywood Studios for an example. That's the individual lightning lane for that park, and it is a very, very popular ride. So what you may run into is if, you know, everybody staying on Disney property can buy it at 7 a.m. and the park doesn't open until 9 a.m., by 9 a.m., there may not be any individual lightning lanes available for purchase anymore. So you may be out of luck getting on that ride. I know this was a problem in the beginning when Genie Plus rolled out. They might hold back a few reservations to drop right at that time, but that's something to keep in mind. Now, if you're not going during a busy season, if you know you're in January or you're in September, you're kind of a random week in the summer with not a lot going on, you might be just fine waiting until opening time. You may have slimmer pickings with the times you can select because with individual lightning lanes, you can kind of pick when you want to come back and ride it, but you're going to be a little limited. If you're going between Christmas and New Year's, one of the busiest times at Walt Disney World, you're probably going to be out of luck. 
And that's not going to be something that you can purchase. So you'll want to just plan accordingly around that. Do we want to, as soon as we get there, go ahead and wait in that line? Do we want to try to jump in it, you know, later on in the evening and hope it's lower? Are we just going to plan to stick it out and wait in line a long time, you know, at one chunk of our day? But keep that in mind if any of those individual lightning lane selections are important to you, that they're not going to be a guarantee because you don't get first dips on them. Okay. All right. Tip number five is early entry. So all guests staying at Walt Disney World owned hotels do get to get into the parks 30 minutes early. If you are staying at a Disney Springs good neighbor hotel, you also get that perk. So Even if you're staying at the Drury Plaza, you can get in every park every day 30 minutes early. So make sure you're aware of that. Some people think with good neighbor, oh, I don't get that added benefit, but you absolutely do. Also know Genie Plus selections are not available during that time. So if you're staying at the Airbnb down the road, you don't have to worry about selecting, you know, a Genie Plus time super early in the morning when you're not even allowed in the park. Those Genie Plus callback times won't start until the park is open for all guests. Um, But no, Good Neighbor Hotels, you can get in that 30-minute early entry as well if you are staying truly off-property, somebody that doesn't have that relationship with Disney, um, you're not going to get that perk. And we'll talk about in just a second how I would attack the parks if I'm not getting that early entry perk. And that's actually where I'm going for my last tip. So never mind. Let's talk about how to handle um, being in the parks if you're not staying at a Disney-owned hotel. Okay. So first, let's talk about our good neighbor people. So recap on them. They do get early entry. So they can get in the parks 30 minutes early, just like everybody else at 7 a.m. If they wanted Genie Plus, they made their first selection. They got in a virtual queue if they wanted to try for that. But they cannot join an individual lightning lane or purchase an individual lightning lane, excuse me, until the park opens. So even though they got, this gets a little confusing, even though they got in for early entry, the park isn't open for all guests until 30 minutes after that, because early entry is 30 minutes long. So if they got in at 830 at nine o'clock when Magic Kingdom officially opens, that's when they could buy an individual lightning lane if they wanted for Seven Dwarfs Mine Train or Tron, if we're talking Magic Kingdom. Um, So really... Everything is kind of, you know, on the same level as someone staying at a Disney hotel, if you're doing good neighbor, except for that individual lightning lane. So as I mentioned before, just decide, hey, if we can't get that, do we want to go to that ride first thing and stand in line if possible? Do we want to save that for the end of the night? Do be aware that these rides that still have virtual queues, so Tron and Guardians of the Galaxy, they're isn't a standby line. So if you don't get in the virtual queue at 7 a.m., and if you go to buy an individual lightning lane when the park opens and they're sold out, you're kind of out of luck. The only other option is there is another virtual queue drop at 1 p.m., so you'll want to try for that. And I would periodically check the app during the day and see if maybe any individual lightning lanes pop back up. I don't think that's super common, but they could. 
Okay. So that's really the only thing if you're staying at a good neighbor hotel that you have a bit of a disadvantage with. Now, let's talk about if I'm truly off property, like a hotel in Orlando somewhere, staying with my grandma on Airbnb, whatever. How should I attack the parks? All right. You're not getting that early entry. So everybody else has got a 30 minute head start on you. They have gone and gotten in line for the most popular ride. So if you come in 30 minutes later and go get in line for the most popular ride, you're, you're going to be waiting in line for, you know, probably at least an hour, if not more to start your morning. Now in the morning, the parks still have lower crowds, even though you're 30 minutes behind the gamut. So what I would suggest is not going for that most popular. I know you want to get it in, but if you're still going to get there early in the morning, use it to knock out, you know, multiple kind of mid-range rides where everybody hasn't made it to yet. Um, You know, go do some of those things where you can still get away with like a 20 minute wait or so and knock a couple things out. That big ticket item, again, maybe you suck it up and stand in line. You put it at the end of the night. Or if you're staying off property, this can be where Genie Plus is really your friend because you don't get that early entry perk. So you can just use the fact that you get to go into those lightning lane entrances and shorten your ride time and you know, just deal with it that way. So I do think Genie Plus becomes even more important if you're staying off property, just because you don't have some of those other perks, like early entry and purchasing those individual lightning lanes. Now, let's talk about one specific park, if you're still going to get there early, where you can kind of use that rope drop to your advantage, even though people got in 30 minutes before you. That's Magic Kingdom. So here's how early entry works at Magic Kingdom. All of those good neighbor hotel and Disney hotel resort guests, when they get there 30 minutes early, they're only allowed to go into the right side of the park. Tomorrowland and Fantasylands are the only areas that open early. So if I get there and they don't let me in until 30 minutes after, and no, they will let you into the park. You just can't go into, you know, the area, start getting on the rides for the most part. Everyone can scan in or they'll separate you early entry people and not, um, but you can still be there raring to go. So at Magic Kingdom, let's say it opens at nine to everybody. All these other people got in at 830. They're hanging out on the right side of the park. I can still get there early and right at nine o'clock, I can head left. I can be the first on Jungle Cruise. I can be the first on Big Thunder if I walk fast. Um, so you still have that advantage of rope dropping and being there super early on the left side of the park. Now, all the other three parks, they just let them pretty much have fair game. So you're going to be behind the pack. But Magic Kingdom is a great one because you're really not behind the pack on the left side of the park. All right. Another strategy, if you know you're getting in 30 minutes later and you're really just not a morning person, here are some other things you can consider doing. If you're getting Genie Plus for the day, consider stacking your Lightning Lane return times for later in the evening. So maybe, you know, you purchased your Genie Plus and instead of right at 7 a.m., you grabbing something for like 9.05, like maybe wait a second. 
let it push back a minute. And maybe you get something for, you know, 10 or 11 o'clock. Or honestly, now with the modify feature on Genie Plus, you could grab, you know, whatever you want. If it's frozen ever after. And then wait until you see the time kind of creeping up into early afternoon, late evening and modify and say, oh, I want that at like 3 p.m. And then when you're available in two hours to make your next one um, or two hours after park opens, excuse me, then you'll look for something that maybe has a return time already of like 5 p.m. And so you're using your Genie Plus selections during the morning hours, not to go ride things right then, but to stack and fill up your evening so that if you come to the park a little bit later, you've got all these lightning lanes ready to go kind of back to back to back to back, as opposed to the person who's kind of been spreading them out and using them all day. Both strategies are fine. It depends on what you're looking to do with your park time, but that can be a great one with stacking. Now, if you are not planning to get Genie Plus, you might want to think of instead of rope dropping and hanging in the parks, you know, from the time they open to as long as your people will last, to maybe just getting there a little bit later and trying to make your time where the lines are shorter and you don't have to wait as long in the evening. So you're trying to kind of outlast people that have gotten tired and can't make it. Um, this is another great one that works well at Magic Kingdom because normally the park is open a little after the fireworks show. Lots of people will watch the fireworks and then leave. So if you still got stamina or you didn't get to the parks until later, then you're still going strong. You can go ride some stuff with lesser wait times. This is a little harder when you're closing at 9 p.m like Epcot and Hollywood Studios and you got, you know, your show right then and then everybody's got to go. Um, but that can be something, you know, trying to stay up, burn the midnight oil, even though none of the parks are open till midnight um, and just outlast people and have your shorter wait times at the end of the evening. All right, my friends, hopefully you got some info on logistics of Disney Springs hotels, good neighbor hotels, and also staying off property. There can be tons of perks, lots of savings um, and great reasons to do it, especially for larger groups. But just make sure you consider everything, kind of pros and cons when making your decision. Also note, travel advisors, myself included, can still help you even if you're staying off property. We can book good neighbor hotels. We can even book just some, you know, a Hilton, a Marriott you want out there in the surrounding area. So definitely talk to your favorite one and see how we can still help you even if you don't want to stay at a Disney-owned hotel. All right, my friends, thank you so much for listening today. If you want to connect, get a free quote or talk about planning that next magical vacation, make sure you check out the show notes below where you can find my Instagram, Facebook, and emails. And thank you so much for listening. Hope you have a magical day. Bye-bye.